This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 262, brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service and iFanboy listeners like you. Fan 
Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 262. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hello. And Ron Richards. Hello. I switched it up there. Usually Josh is always last, but I threw a curveball. Nice. Always last. We are at fanboy.com, and we like comics. We read comics every week. We read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best one and writes about it on the website. We talk about it on the podcast, talk about the other books of the week, other topics of interest. It's a fun old time on the show. And before we get to that show, a quick reminder and a warning. This is a review show, so there'll be spoilers. If you haven't read your books yet, pause the show and come back. It'll be more fun for you and for us and for everyone involved, really, because we're all about spreading fun and love. <laughs> we're, we're, like, we're like the 60s. <laughs> yes. I like to spread peanut butter. Or perhaps I'm tripping on tryptophan right now and I can't. I'm just Everything is good just, right now. I think you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Dude, I've been smoking tryptophan all week, man. Snorting ground-up turkey is rough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this week, Ron, you had a you had the pick, and you had a lot of books to read. I did have the pick, and it was a packed week. It was talk about a good holiday weekend of comic books to read, and this is a much a much debated pick of the week this week in the iFanboy offices. And every now and then, we fall pretty much under party lines, where you know, there might be some high profile books that come out, and purely because it's my pick, and I happen to err on the side of Marvel, a pick will go in one direction as opposed to DC. So I, I don't debate this pick. I oh, okay. I, oh, okay. Yeah, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think it's controversial at all. Oh, okay, good. All right. I was expecting a fight. Um, it's unpopular. Yeah, that's true. It's unpopular, <laughs> not, but not we know not. we know you, so it makes complete sense to us. Yeah. So, yeah, the, we're so discuss that. the pick that the pick that we're discussing was my pick of the week, which was Ultimate Spider-Man issue number 150, written by Brian Michael Bendis. With now, listen to this art lineup. You ready? Are you sitting down? Art I am, by yes. art by David Lafuente, Sarah Pacelli, Joel Jones, Jamie McKelvey, and Scotty Young. Good lineup. And done. That's the review. Move on. Next book. No. Um, yeah, basically, it's been 10 years of this book, 150 issues. And to celebrate that, what Bendis did was he, you know, what Bendis and Marvel chose to do was to write a story that allowed both Lafuente and Pacelli to kind of show their stuff. So they broke up the broke up the story into different kind of like there's a little Spider-Man and the Ringer kind of story in the in the beginning with Dave Lafuente. And then there's this whole section with Carol Danvers with art by Sarah Pacelli. And the gist of the story is that basically after the events, the most recent story arc with the chameleon, Spider-Man's become a bit of an embarrassment. He's become a bit, you know, he's been unpopular because people thought that when the chameleon was posing as Spider-Man that he robbed a bank and all that sort of stuff. So his his popularity is at an all-time low. And Carol Danvers, as the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, is wondering what to do about him because basically you've got this teenager running around causing property damage, you know, trying to be a superhero, trying to do the right thing. But as we've read, you know, stumbling over himself and, you know, and, and tripping you know, into disaster and into, you know, causing damage and all that sort of stuff. And whereas Nick Fury was content to just let him be and let him, you know, let him do his thing, Carol Danvers is wondering if maybe she should get involved. So what she does is she's requesting the counsel of the Ultimates, which, you know, in this case are Iron Man, who's got a drink in front of him, by the way. Um, <laughs> not, only, awesome. not only a drink, but a bottle. Like the bottle and the drink. Like, <laughs> oh, because the guy came in, poured the glass, and he went, he went really quietly. Just tapped him. <laughs> it's okay. But so, Maybe just nod it a little bit. No, no, right so Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor, and basically Danvers over Chinese food is asking them, you know, what they should do about Spider-Man. And each member of the Ultimates recounts an interaction they had with Spider-Man. So you've got, you know, Tony Stark, Iron Man, talking about the time that Sp- him and Spider-Man had a run-in together, and S- Captain America and Thor... And each of those stories are illustrated by a different artist. So you've got Joel Jones doing the Iron Man story. You've got Jamie McKelvey doing the Captain America story. And then you've got Scotty Young doing the Thor story. 
And so not only was this a great story, like a, a, a condensed story that had purpose and moved the general story arc along, basically the because the, the end of the uh, the end of the issue resolves with Carol Danvers and Aunt May meeting up and deciding that Peter's now going to go to superhero school after school. He's going to he's going to report to Shield and learn how to become a superhero from other superheroes. So we've got a bit of a status quo kind of you know now issue one fifty one. It's a bit of a new status quo happening. Um, but by doing that, he allowed these five different artists to show their stuff and completely made every page worth drooling over. The little vignettes were short enough that they didn't go on for too long, but they left you wanting more. And actually, as I wrote up in my review on iFanboy.com, it kind of reminded me of how, um, you know, because this book, it, it, I, I said in my review, it's a phenomenon. It, this is the book that should not be successful, should not have be as great as it is, because it was the, you know, a reimagining of Spider-Man and the whole Ultimate Universe and all that kind of crap. And then Bendis and Bagley went and did that 111-issue run, which was amazing for all its own reasons, for Bagley's art and for Bendis' stories, and it was just totally defied our expectations. And now we're into the second act of this book, where he's doing it again. And during that run with Bagley, we got a glimpse of La Fuente when La Fuente did an annual, and it was like, oh, wow, this is what this book could look like differently. And with Joel Jones, Jamie McKelvey, and Scott Young, now I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, man, what could Act 3 look like? What artist... When La Fuente and Pacelli move off of the book, what artist will come in and define another chapter of this the story? So co- totally got me wishing that you know, or hoping for that day when you know, even though I never want La Fuente to leave this book, the idea of when you know the art duties change over. But all in all, it was just great. Joel Jones, Jamie McKelvey, and Scotty Young gave some of their best stuff. Seeing Scotty Young do superhero stuff in the Wizard in his new kind of Wizard of Ozzy kind of style was awesome. But yeah, it was just great, and it was just like, not only did I want to celebrate the 150 issues and 10-year milestone for the book, but they did it in a classy, classy way. And, you know, yes, it was $5.99, but they also included the full Spider-Man supersized special that ran, oh, I don't know when it ran, years ago, with another... A long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago, but this this is right around... Enough that I don't remember it. It was right around the time when, when they, it was towards the, I think it was towards the end of the Mar- when Marvel team-up happened, when Bendis somehow got them to do that Mar- ultimate Marvel team-up or ultimate team-up or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, and you've got half this book, which is th- thick, like a good quarter inch of pages. It's 104 pages. Yeah. yeah. With art by, you know, Alex Maleev, Dan Brereton, John Romita Sr., Frank Cho, Mike Oming, Sean Phillips, Bill Sienkiewicz, Dave Gibbons, Michael Gatiss, David Mack. You know, like an amazing kind of thing that, like you said, a lot of people didn't even know came out. So it was a fun little trip down memory lane. Would I have liked this to have just been the standard issue? And, and if it would have been the pick of the week, if it was just a normal-sized issue and with these artists, absolutely. But that just made it a little better or a little more fun for the Ultimate Spider-Man fan. But man, this was great. This is fantastic. I don't disagree with you. This was a fine, fine, fine issue. I think one of the things that came out of it is that I really like Sarah Pichelli. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I noticed that I liked her last time, but to actually look at the acting that she did in this one with the characters and their their facial expressions and body languages like she she's really good yep and I don't think that I had I mean I'd liked it before but I don't think I had realized it so much and the, and, I, and the great thing about her is that is that I think she and La Fuente complement each other in a way that when they trade off it's it's as seamless as it can get well, next to each other, they don't actually look all that similar. No, they're completely different styles. Right, they're completely different styles. But I think, but but for at least complimentary. For, yeah, they're, I, I believe they're complimentary. I believe that it's not um, it's not jarring. You know, I think that the Iron Man story was the best of the three stories from a, a narrative standpoint. I thought it was really interesting and cool to see. I, I just I love the moment where he starts describing the and the Iron Man armor, and then after that, Iron Man's like, only five people in the world are gonna, you know, like yeah. It was just one of those. It really drove home really how liked. smart and special Peter is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really liked that. I think that 
the Captain America sequence, this is the best action sequence that I've ever seen out of McKelvey. Yep, totally agree. And it was done with no dialogue, and which I think is great. I was really impressed the whole way through it because I think what I'm seeing is him break out of his shell a lot more. That you know, maybe given the material or whatever than I've seen in the past. Yeah, and totally. And when and within that, like the the fact that there was no dialogue and all the acting that went on during it, you know, like from Spider Man sitting on his web, you know, kind of saluting Captain America to that. The Spider Man wince is the best. Yeah, the Spider Man wince was great. Um, the the <laughs> panel the panel above the Spider Man wince with with Captain the the motion panel with Captain America jumping and rolling and then punching the dude. McKelly pulled out all the stops. I mean, this is some of the best action stuff he's done. And then finally. Let's just imagine for a moment Scotty Young on a Thor book. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, and I, listen, I, again, I don't need this dude to do superheroes. He can do whatever he wants, and I'm fine with it. Yep. I like his art where I can get his art, but he would, he would smoke on a Thor book. But the that, thing, the the thing shot is... Of, a shot of Thor hanging there and the lightning in the background over the demon head? Yeah. The, so good. The thing is, for me, it wasn't even Thor or the Magong. It was, it was the like the the panel when all the when the right after the full page of the Magong, you know, uh, appears, and the Peter and Gwen yelling at Peter panel, and then Peter, you know, changing into his costume in the closet, like that. The, like, oh, that's the panel. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's the one. Oh, come on, come on! I looked yeah. at that, and I know that I'm not around a scanner this week, but that's a panel of the week. Yeah, totally, totally. That yeah, that was exactly that was a really good pick. Yeah, to, to mention. I just and then like, but at the same time, look at that same page. Look at the figures in the top panel. Yep. Who else can get away with that? Yeah. I mean, those are just scribbles, yep. and I don't mean that in a bad way at all. It worked, though. No, yeah, I mean, cause, yeah, it moved the story along. I, love, I, mean, that's, I yeah. love that. I love how loose it is and how well it works. And you want to talk about like cartooning? Like that is cartooning right yeah. there. Yeah, this is just great, and it just go. I mean, it just I can't. I, I realized as I was writing the review that this is the longest running Spider-Man book I've ever read. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I've I've dropped a long time. It's, it's been ten such years. A long yeah, time. no, I've dropped in and out of Spider-Man over the years. Never consistently. I have every issue of this run, and uh, I can't imagine a world without this book. I really can't. It's it's the one anchor book I've got, it's, you know, especially at Marvel. This is a book I can't imagine. I mean, oh, of course it's coming out. It's Open Spider-Man. It's, yeah. And it's go- of course it's going to be really good. Yeah. I can only think of, for me, one arc many years ago where I didn't enjoy it. Right. And even then it was just kind of okay. But to me, this issue in particular really encapsulated the entire run in that it's a great story featuring great character work and fantastic art. Yep. Mm-hmm. By a bunch of different guys, too, and, and, and girls as well. Yeah. Two girls. It's just wonderful. It was just a lot of fun. Yep. Good times. Yes, Ultimate Spider-Man number 5th. Great, great you know, two-page wraparound cover from La Fuente with all the various characters that have appeared in the book over the 150 issues, which was really kind of cool. Was, uh, I was looking at that, and I was like, ooh, I remember that. And, you know, like, and a very uh, Patrick Stewart-esque Professor Xavier head. And John Suntress. And Suntress is there, yeah. Which looks kind of looks kind of photoshopped in. It, it looks, like it looks kind of like, oh, wait, no, put Suntress on. <laughs> it was too late. Suntress was everywhere. But I so, had seen all of Suntress. So, so the, 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 the other book was the community pick of the week that I believe you guys will probably enjoy, which I did give a shot, which I did read, was Detective Comics 871. Josh, did you buy this? I did. I did. I read this. It's so funny because I read it. I read it early. I said to uh, Connor, I was like, this isn't going to be Ron's pick of the week because it's, it's about Batman. Yeah. Like it's, it's about Batman in such a wonderful way. And then a day later, uh, Connor, Connor IMs me. He just goes, you know what was really good? And I was like, detective? And he's like, yes, big capital letters. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about this book for months. It was a highly anticipated thing. And whenever something like that happens, you, you've got this like fear like, oh, I don't, I hope that doesn't fall flat on its face. I, I, because you've got Scott Snyder of American Vampire writing and uh, Jock on art with David Barron doing colors. And, you know, for me as a reader, that hits all of my happy places, I'd say. And when I read it, I was just 
again, I think I said this about American Vampires. I wasn't blown away, but I was like, God, that was just solid, and it well, just hit all the right notes. Well, what I fi- what I find really interesting about comparing, you know, Ultimate Spider-Man, which which I forgot to mention, you know, as everyone knows, I'm a huge McKelvey fan and a huge Scotty Young fan and a huge Love One fan. So for me, you talk about hitting happy points. That's that book hit my happy points, you know. Yeah. And you know, with this, with with Snyder and and Jock, and then we're going to talk about Batwoman number zero, which aged Will- Williams in a bit. I mean, it was a really not only was it a really great week for art, but it was the art writing. Comedy Combo coming together into, and stuff, into yeah. and people we really like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The thing that I've really enjoyed about Batman, as we talk about like Batman and Robin, is I love Dick Grayson's Batman right now. It's I think it's a wonderful story. It's a fun story, and you know, there's, there's not a bigger Dick Grayson fan than than you, Connor. Right. I don't think, and and I think that like the first thing you're like, why well, he's you know he's writing Dick Grayson, and and right away you know that Scott Snyder knows Dick Grayson. And I think that was one of the really fun – from him calling Alfred Alfie to this, there was a moment on the roof where Gordon shuts off the light and then turns around sort of expecting him not to be there anymore like Bruce yep. had been doing it to forever. And he's just like, oh, I didn't expect you'd still be here. Sorry. <laughs> um, just, just little moments like that on top of the fact that it was just a you – know, we've been watching in the Grant Morrison story these huge, huge stories spanning through time and these huge things. And this is just – there's some supervillain stuff going on, and, and there's a detective story that has to be solved around it. And, and well, It's like back to basics. This is about as yeah. back to basics as you could possibly get. Yeah. But in a, for everybody who complained about the time-spanning, year-spanning Morrison R.I.P. storyline, this is basically what you want. This is a, a couple of horrible things have happened, and a Batman's got to investigate. And I think this was really good for a number of reasons. One, I think this is, this is the best stuff out of Jock I've seen in a while. It was, it was I mean, like, you know, you don't... You don't he was he's perfect for it as far as i'm concerned it yeah. was, that, it was that, just that right. that two page spread and just so everyone knows i bought it as well just out of curiosity and i love jock and so the art was really the draw for me you know well and the story was really really good don't get me wrong it's just i'm not a batman guy but that two page spread with the at night with gordon and batman on the rooftop of the red with the sketchy batman signal in the in, yeah. up in the sky like that that two pages was awesome it was really good Talk about a guy born to do this, do this kind of storyline. Yeah, he's perfect for this. I do have one. I do have one complaint or criticism. One Mm -hmm. thing, and one thing that really, because I I read it. Don't get me wrong, it was really good. I mean, it was like, yes, I don't really like uh, Batman. Just doesn't do it for me. And like we talked about last week with Batman Inc., where I'm like, yeah, that's fine. It's just you know whatever. But my one complaint was uh, later in the story when Batman goes to investigate at the guy's house and he's looking in the mirror and, and the guy's sneaking up on him with his guns. And you know Batman saying you know like he he see the guy thinks he Batman doesn't see him but he does because his tech is better, mm-hmm. and then you turn the page and then the guy's hanging upside down but like it like all the action happened in between those two panels, and I thought that was a little lazy. No, that's a classic Batman thing. Yeah, it's it's, 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 it's in between the conclusion. panels, he's so good that you don't, you don't even see how how it was done. Just the next panel, he's caught yeah. Already. I don't know that that, that just I mean, that that one that one transition irked me. That was the only thing in the book that irked me. That's I mean, that's just a storytelling choice, so you can, yeah. you can go with it or not. Uh, it did lead to the fantastic Bat Taser page. Yeah, the Bat Taser page was Secret good. That was, Bat Taser, which is like yeah. that's a nod to Batman's gadgets. And how long has it been since we've seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah true. I also really like the fact that Gordon seems to be heavily involved. Not I mean, we're not even talking about the backup yet, which we will in a second. But the fact that you know Gordon many years ago was retired, and they 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 brought a new commissioner in. It really lost an element, I think, because Gordon is really important to the story. It did give us Gotham Central. Right, but I'm saying is that he 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 was still around for that book, but yeah. he they brought him back and. 
after the one year later thing, after I think it was after Infinite Crisis, and they haven't really used him since then. But I think now he seems to be an important part of this book, which is good. And, and it makes to. sense because you don't really use him with Batman traveling through time. But no, this story he he's right for. And you're right, and like, and that's one of those things like you kind of gauge what kind of Batman fan you're talking about when you know how important Gordon is. It's, it's like this element to how how much Gordon is in it is the kind of relative to the kind of story you're going to get. And uh, one of the things that I, that I do want to mention is that I you know we can gush over the art and all that stuff. I I loved what David Barron did with this book. Colors wonderful. Yeah, the colors uh, were color, great. They, I mean, it's not it's not very typical in that like each page like sort of had a different hue to it, and like some pages. You know, were had sort of a greenish, yellowish, sickish color, and some were kind of reddish, and and like, they, but each one had like a a color theme, I guess, going through it. It wasn't specifically realistic color, but I thought it was really effective. And then the sort of action panels would be accented by by the la- the lack of that color. Like it would just be white backgrounds. There wasn't really a ton of stuff going on in the background, but I didn't I didn't miss it because that mood had been developed the right way. And I really, I really noticed that and liked it as I was reading through it. Also, if if the lack of more backgrounds means the book will come out on time, then that's fine. That is fine. <laughs> and I think Snyder has a really good handle on. We talked to him when we first heard about this was going to happen, and he really likes the character. He's a huge Batman fan, and he really seems to have an idea what he wants to do with the book and make it a, a book of true to the title. It's Detective Comics, so that <laughs> that is exciting. Plus, the backup story, which is a Commissioner Gordon backup, drawn by Francisco Francovia. Which is just a Gordon and crime story, which seems like it could be related to the main story only because there's birds everywhere. I think it is, yeah. Wonderful. I love the backup story. I got to say, and like we gushed about all this stuff, other stuff, but I mean, the, the Francovia pages really impressed me. I, I mean, he, he did everything too. So they're all, they're, you know, they're his pages. He, he colored and inked them and everything. And then from a story standpoint, I thought the bit at the end where you see, and, and I'm not even sure I completely remember what this is, but I guess here's your spoiler. If you go back to. Batman Year One. Gordon had a son, yes, James, and we—I don't remember ever hearing about him out, outside of there. And I, I don't either. That character is now coming back, and he's kind of crazy and has something to do with birds. I don't care. I want to know. But that moment where Gordon looks at it and realizes it and says the name and like, and then goes, "Nothing. Don't see anything." Like you're like, "Oh, there's your story. That's that's there's your show." <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was I was really impressed by it. I liked it, but uh, you know I can understand a lot of this stuff is very Batman character and Batman history centric. Yep, which may not be for everybody, but but for me it was like this. Oh, this is what I. Want. I also really like, and this is sort of a line wide thing. I like if you read all these Batman books, they're all completely different tonally. Mm-hmm. So if if you like this kind of Batman story, there's Detective. If you like more of a superhero centric story, there's Batman and Robin. At least right now with Paul Cornell, and if you like. Sort of the adventurous or international sexy Batman is Batman Incorporated. So you have all different kinds of Batmans. If you don't like this kind of Batman, then you don't have to read Detective. You can read the other books. If you don't like the more traditional superhero as Batman and Robin, you can read this book. There's all kinds of things going on, which is good, I think. Well, and also going on, and you know, I've you know got on record saying that Batman is my thing, and I'm not gonna, you know, like I, I might I might pick up Detective for the Jock Art, but I'm not gonna do Batman and Robin. I'm not doing Batman Inc. But I was on the fence about Batwoman number zero, and I, what I really struggled with with Batwoman with the upcoming Batwoman was that not being a Batman fan, can I miss out on the world of J.H. Williams? And after reading this, I realized I cannot. <laughs> and and even even with this, so this is a zero issue. So it's like it was only about like half an issue, like half an issue of normal content of like actual story. But it was the first glimpse of how J. H. Williams and Amy Reader are going to work together as kind of co-artists on this. And I and it was fantastic. I thought. I mean, it just it's I, amazing what he can do. 
there wasn't really anything narrative-wise that we didn't really know out of it. True, I yeah. I still found myself enjoying it. Oh, it's just, yeah, no, I mean, it's a lot of the same stuff that from his run his run in Detective with, with Rucka, a lot of the same kind of, you know, the split, you know, splitting the page and, and bo- the bottom half being Amy Reader and the top half being Williams, and it got more kind of involved. And I, I like the dual narrative of the story of you got one, you know, one part of the story is Batman watching Batwoman in action and narrating, as well as the other part is, you know, Batman undercover investigating her in daylight, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting to see how that story increasingly silly disguises yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, i think that's what i liked about it <laughs> yeah, exactly you know and i liked how those two stories you know were parallel and and complemented each other and that whole thing you know like and it just I, I don't know something and like you said there's nothing we haven't seen from jh williams before but it's just so wonderful um yeah yeah really yep. good stuff I enjoyed it. That's yeah. good. So I will be buying Batwoman to go against the, um, the curve. So I assume we're also going to talk about another fantastic artist next. It's, really? Tr- it's true. It, yeah. ser- can, can Jerome Pena get any better? I bet he can. Yeah, I think he can too. I uh, can't wait. Um, Unca- <laughs> Uncanny X-Force number two, the second issue of the number one book in October. Uncanny X-Force number one. Wow, the next book Wolverine on the cover was number one? I know, it's amazing. But again, this book is so unlikely. This book, sh- oh, it's, I, I love that it's defeating the odds of this. So did you guys pick this up or am I the only I one? You I did? did? Okay. Well, I, I love the first issue. It was great. I love this issue for one reason only, the walking tour of the X-Cave. The, the, oh, yeah, that was, that was The fun. secret base that Warren has built with huge pictures of the teams of the X-Men over time. Who commissions those kind of paintings? I, exactly. <laughs> Where did he get? Like, there's one page of him and Wolverine walking through, and there's the original team, and then there's the classic, you know, giant size X Men team. And then there's a, a nice shot of Wolverine and, and Nightcrawler and X Men baseball uniforms. Yeah, in, the, in the Marvel universe, for a commercial artist, those are the sweet gigs. Yeah, They're exactly. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, I got a corporate gig. I'm doing uh, sort of a thing for Citibank. Oh, I'm doing the I'm doing the X Men gig. Oh, really? Cool. But the kicker, it's, it's giant paintings for he- headquarters and, and statues for outside the headquarters. Well, and That's then the two, exactly, yeah, the statues. But then the kicker is that they walk into the big cave area and it's basically the back cave but with X-Men yeah, he's got is. he's got he's got old costumes in glass tubes. There's the Dark Phoenix costume. There's Havoc's old costume. Like uh, uh, the Sunfire's helmet. Like like a big Sentinel head. It's like uh, I, Rick Remender is making Warren Worthington fi- after years of not being used well. He's he's fleshing this character out and making him possibly one of the most interesting characters in the X Men universe right now. Great great issue. Great great issue. And this it, book's a lot of fun. And I'm not yeah. you know I, I like X Men. I see people wondering online, can I read this book? You can totally read this book without yep. really knowing much about it. It's really self explanatory and. There might be details here you miss, but hopefully they get filled in later on in the story, which is fine. That's how storytelling works. So, yeah. plus the opinion art is wonderful. It's just it's, it's, it's seriously it's every page is better than the one before it. It's amazing. And I think a lot of it has the coloring, which is who yep. is the colorist? Dean White, who's yep. great. But we we talking a lot about color this week. The coloring in this is very muted too. I think I think we're coming back around on muted color. We're getting that a lot more. Yep, and it's really—I think it's really helping a lot of these stories. Yeah, <laughs> two months would be like everything's in gray tone. What? I don't understand. It's so dark. <laughs> no, but it, slowly turning the light down. <laughs> no, seriously. So if you've got any inclination, I mean, if you're an X Men fan and you're not reading Kenny X Force, what's wrong with you? But also, if you if you have any like you kind of want to, you know, you want a little Wolverine, but you don't want to get involved. Like this book, it's early. Jump on now, and the art is totally worth it. This is kind of the X-Men book for non-X-Men fans. Is kind of, what kind of yeah, yeah. Maybe everybody's Cintiqs are wearing out at the same time. <laughs> um, like they're just all hitting their neck. Or they're just t- turned artificially bright so it looks fine on their screen. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they all just keep clicking the brightness up and up and up, but they don't realize. <laughs> you get Ron, a- Savage Dragon was a big surprise this week, right? I mean, was, they, didn't, they didn't release the cover. They, didn't, they weren't telling you anything about it. Savage Dragon is awesome because Eric Larson is crazy. 
and we'll do <laughs> and we'll do whatever he wants with this world, and it's so freaking funny. Yeah, so the cover, I, I don't know why they didn't release the cover. I mean, I don't know if that was part of marketing or whatever, but the big kind of reveal was Wildstar, that old character from early Image days, the Al Gordon, who's the other guy? Oh, God, the one with the, 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 like the yeah. starfish on his face? The star, yeah, the, the starfish on his body, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he makes an appearance. You also get Mr. Glum is back. And basically what happens is that Wildstar is freaking out because he's, you know, he's seen what's going to happen to Earth and he's trying to prevent it. And so Mr. Glum and Dragon's daughter Angel, who left to go live with Mr. Glum and Glum World, go back to Earth to try to stop him. And basically what's happened is that Savage Dragon – so for those who don't know, the Savage Dragon origin was that he was the emperor of an alien race of dragon-like people like him. And he was coming to Earth to invade it, to take over Earth, and then something shit went down, something happened, and he ended up in the the burning field with his his memory erased. And that's been the last 160 or so issues of Savage Dragon. Now he knows who he is. He he knows, you know, who he is. He knows that he's this all-powerful emperor and that he's here to, to conquer Earth. And in this issue, he detonates his plan and kills everyone on the planet. Whoa. Like he killed everyone on Earth. Like it's just like it's amazing. It's <laughs> so the book's over then. <laughs> well, no, no, but but then and right as that happens, you know, um Mr. Glum and Angel show up and there's a big fight. And it's just like you don't know what can happen anything can happen in this book at any moment. And that's what I love about Larson is that if you know, and the thing is I get that Eric Larson isn't really a um you know, he's not for everybody, whether it's his art or his storytelling style or whatever. If you if you like it, he is so much fun. It's that it's it's his reverence for Silver Age comics and and even a little bit of Bronze Age and doing it just with his own creations and not being afraid to take risks that I'm just I'm so impressed by and so you know enjoy reading. So this is just great. He wrapped up a ton of like dangling plot lines and like you know and it's 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 has been great. You literally turn the page and you don't know you're you're just like oh my god. Where um, does it go from there? Who knows? We'll see the next we'll see the next issue. It's comic book deaths. They don't matter. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. But it's 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 I think it's gonna be awesome when it comes out. And I just love the fact that he's, you know, been doing this 166 issues monthly. Well, you know, now he's been he's been a monthly for the past couple of years now. He's been totally back on track. You know, it's just a delight for Savage Dragon fans. And if you are a Savage Dragon fan, you can get your monthly fix of Savage Dragon by ordering it from Discount Comic Book Service. You can order Savage Dragon as well as all the other comic books that come out every week. Uh, they've got monthly specials of up to 75% off. They discount heavily on all publishers, usually about 40% off all the major publishers. They've got uh, you know random and, and monthly different specials that you can get books for super, super cheap. Um, and it's totally worth it if you're looking for an alternative, if you don't have a good comic book store in your town, or you're looking to move to um, just getting you know getting a book shipped to you bi-weekly or monthly or whatever, they'll come Accommodate all your shipping needs. Flat rate shipping of five ninety five on all U.S. orders. You can get anything that comes out in previews. They've also got trade paperbacks in stock, over 9,000 of them. So pretty much anything you can order at a normal comic book store, you can order through Discount Comic Book Service. So go to dcbservice.com and start ordering your comic books today. It would be good if you went to DCB Service about four months ago and ordered 10,000 copies of Thor the Mighty Avengers. <laughs> Yes, I guess we have. We, it's the obligatory mention of Thor: The Mighty Avenger because it came out, and yes, it was great. You get free shipping on that. Yeah, <laughs> all ten thousand for free. Issue number six, fantastic. Well, it's funny because ironically, you know, everyone's been talking about it. This is probably my least favorite issue of the of the whole series. <laughs> I actually kind of thought the same thing. Interesting. Like, it was good, and it still looked good. But of all of the of the six, this is my least favorite by far. But. You know what are you gonna do? Timing is everything. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I like Heimdall. I liked and I liked how the, I liked how uh, what I liked about this the story was again going back to color. This was a 
darker muted color <laughs> like, if you look at it like uh, Matt Wilson's doing colors on this right who yep. who by the way uh, rising star on coloring Matt Wilson yes. he he did he colored Jamie McKelvey on Ultimate Spider-Man number 150 and he's doing more and more work and he's a name to look out for in terms of colorists but I thought it, the palette that he used for this was really interesting in comparison to the other issues and like and how the colors set the tone for the entire issue for the story which was titled Thursday Night so it was a night story yes um, oh it looked fantastic yeah, looked great yeah just you know it was a little less fun than the other issues, but it was still very good. Yeah. Um, well, it was the Black Knight. It was just, it was like, let me through. No. Yeah. Please? No. Was, stop being petulant. Come on. I get it. Yeah. I get it. You're a weenie. Yeah. Here's an ice sculpture. What? <laughs> that sums it up. <laughs> so, Uncanny X-Men number 530. Uh, very briefly, I like what Fraction's doing with the story. There's a H1N1. So you're the one. There's an H1N1-esque virus that's that, and so Utopia is quarantined. But the only thing is, I hate Greg Land with all the fire and brimstone of hell. Art, wow. I just can't. Sorry. I can't. I can't stand his art at all. Sorry. Oh well, it's painful. I've seen nothing but not good things said about this. this book. I know. I actually no. I actually really did like the story. I really liked. No, that's why I said yeah. you're the one. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. I mean, I I did like it, but every time I see him draw Cyclops with the feathered hair, and the oh, it just looks oh, it's awful. Just so bad. Mm. Anyway. Fair enough. Sorry. I read The Traveler, number one from Boom Studios, which is one of the Stanley books. It's the Mark Wade book. Mark Wade's yep. book. Stanley's just coming up with these concepts. People need to. He's not even doing that. Yeah. Just not worry about. Just pretend, just pretend like his name's not in the book. I like this one a lot. I think it's my favorite one of the ones I've read so far. It's my favorite concept, but I was a bit confused. And I, I think it's just because it was the first issue, and this is yep. one of those ones that you're not going to get until you read the end of the second issue. But I think it's the best of them still. Yep. Yes. I agree. Um, they've, they've been a little. Eh, I think, unfortunately. And this was the concept that I really liked because when Mark Wade described it, he said it was like all the other time travel stories, they tell you time travelers go back and they're really careful not to disturb anything. This is the guy who is going to disturb stuff. And I was like, there's a good story. And I also thought it was interesting how they used the idea of time travel and manipulating time. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just going back in time, going forward in time, this was a lot more, you know, dancing in between the moments and it's and stopping time those, and that sort of thing. It's yeah. one of those comic book science things that Mark Wade does better than maybe anybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's one of those things that he does really like. Yeah. I, I'm I'm looking forward to the next issue, but I was a little like didn't love didn't love the art. No, I thought it was all right. Uh, it was it was definitely one of those like all right, you know. But, it did the job. Yeah, it did the job. Yeah. Uh, Avengers vs. Pet Avengers number two. I just wanted to co- comment that we actually see actual Avengers in this issue, which oh, well. <laughs> as compared to the last issue. <laughs> it is a quota. You can only put so many Avengers in in a Pet Avengers story. So. <laughs> but Igera's rendering of those characters is. I, I really liked his thing. I really liked his Wolverine. Like I, I, I want like there's that one page of all the Avengers and the Pet Avengers kind of squaring off, you know, and. Well, no, they're they're <laughs> teaming up against dragons. Um, I know, but this is this is a lot of fun. This is, I mean, they've definitely got a recipe going here of a mix of action and humor and you know, kind of fantasy, and and you get these great two page, one page, you know, beautiful pieces of art, and as well as you know, as well as the narrative moving forward. I, I totally love this series. I love the Pet Avenger stuff. DMZ number fifty nine. I just wanted to note briefly because uh, Dave Lapham did the art. He pops up everywhere. Yep, and it was the it was the kind of thing where I was reading it. And I didn't notice on the cover that it said his name. And I was just like, wow, this art is really good. And then I looked at the cover. I'm like, oh, it's Dave Lapham. Awesome. And I got way more excited. So, yeah. <laughs> so it was good. Um, good. Yeah, it was very, very, very good. Josh, you still read action comics? I am. I am. I like this one more than I thought originally. But I think this one was I, That's actually really I, – I agree. At first I was like, I don't really like this. And then by the end I was like, that was kind of neat. Like, it was because it snuck it up on me. 
Because at first it doesn't make any sense. No, and then it, it comes together it, at the end, yeah. It's such a weird story to think that Vandal Savage has been waiting around for hundreds of years like, where is he? No. So the, basically the quick story is that you know, in each issue, Lex Luthor's been up against a different villain. This time it's Vandal Savage. And in the 1300s, Vandal Savage has a prophecy that Lex Luthor's going to come for him. But he doesn't know who Lex Luthor is or when it's going to happen. He just knows that this is going to happen. So he builds a castle in Bohemia, which is Czechoslovakia, specifically designed to combat Lex Luthor. And so he has to wait now, you know, 800 years or however. I can't do math. <laughs> 600 years for, for Lex Luthor to show up. So every – we keep seeing Walter through time going, all right. And when he meets him, finally, he was trying to get him to come to Czechoslovakia to the That's the best part. Yeah. He's like, hey, maybe we should hang out sometime. You can come to Czechoslovakia. And he's like, no. <laughs> he goes up and he, he plays with his little science device. We keep seeing that through different events, like DC events. That we, you know, they get together. He's like, "So, you it's, want to come check this walk and hang out?" And Lex is just like, "Go away!" Like it just, <laughs> it just keeps happening throughout the years. This one where Vandal's in the background and he's looking at he's looking at Lex from behind. And he's just like, "Damn him!" <laughs> <laughs> Why would you come? It was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like Hunter said, it's funnier the more I think about it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, good time. Also, the uh, I, I'm really liking the backup, the uh, Jimmy Olsen and Nick Spencer backup. Everyone's raving about it. Yeah, I see a lot of buzz about it. It was a really strong ending. I thought yeah. it was it was really fun, and you sort of accept, accept that it's it's a humor story. It was really good. I love Perry White's book. That was the <laughs> part of the entire thing. The, the, the party animal aliens are going to come to town. They were going to use Metropolis to party, but in the, every party they had thrown has destroyed the planet. So they have to convince them that the planet sucks. So. Jimmy convinces Metropolis to, be, to make itself boring, so Perry White holds a book reading of his unpublished book, and it's awful. It's just, the, the reigns of San Luis Obispo. <laughs> and it's just, like, everybody goes to bed early, and they just, this is it's very It's a funny. whole page of fake bad prose. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you been working on this, Chief? About 18 years now. 18 years and over 1,000 pages. Fascinating. <laughs> Action Comics was very funny this year. It was very funny. It's good stuff. Uh, cool. So those are the, those are the books that came out. Go to ifanboycom comics. You can do your pull list and come back and rate and review them. And you got a couple of reviews you want to highlight? Sakura, Sakura, Sakura. Can you just be Bob? Like, put your name. Sakura. Sakura. If that's your first name, I'm sorry. Yeah. Not for your name, but because I can't pronounce it. Justice League Generation Lost Number Fourteen gave a story of four out of five. The art of five out of five, and two point seven percent of you made this particular week at the time of recording. And Sakura says. Aw, a Thanksgiving present just for us? You shouldn't have, Mr. Winnick. The gift we've been given, of course, is that Winnick is putting off talking about ice for another issue. I'm dreading eventually having to get mired back in that mess, but in the meantime, I'm happy to have more Captain Adam time travel stuff. Actually, can we just turn this into a Captain Adam time travel book for the remaining issues? It's possible that my DC foo isn't strong enough, but it appears this is a not previously existing alternate future, right? Because I'm all for that. And it, it is. It's, it's a future just for this book. Which is, and it, and it was a fun future. It was, it, so what was it? It was like 100 something years in the future. 130 and, years. Yeah, and you got, you got a Damian Wayne Batman, and you got a Thomas Grayson as the Red Hood, and you got an old Martian Manhunter, and you got, you know. <laughs> old Kara, yeah. Yep. Basically, Captain Adam gets shot. He, I thought the last issue was really good. We didn't talk about it when he killed Magog. Yeah. Magog got killed, and everybody thought he did it. So he gets zapped in the future, as he often happens when his, he gets overloaded with power. We find the Justice League of the future in this war-torn era, and they're barely surviving. And it's, it was really fun, I thought. Damian yeah. Wayne is still there because he keeps going to a Lazarus pit to re- resurrect himself. Yeah. He's old like Ra's al Ghul. Plastic Man's a clone. It, just, it, was, it was really fun, I thought. It was, it was a very inventive concept. Then, and I agree, I agree with Sakua. Like, I actually like Captain Adam. And like every a couple of years, there's like a random Captain Adam story. They're like, oh yeah, that's really good. And like you know, so if we there's gonna be a little focus on Captain Adam and time travel. I'm all for that as well. Yes. Is yeah. this a mini or is yes. this? Well, it's, it's a companion piece to, to Brightest Day. 
But it's an ongoing. We're 14 issues in. This is not a well, mini Well, it's going to go 26 issues. Oh, really? Oh, okay. It's every two weeks. For the oh, year. so it's going to end? No, this hasn't been every two weeks, has it? Yes. Has it? Really? Wow. No <laughs> wonder it seems like I'm always reading a new issue. It's out every two anyway. weeks, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, cool. So Kingdom of Evan reviewed Chaos War Alpha Flight number one and gave the story a four out of five and the art a three out of five. And at the time of recording, 4.8% of you made it your pick of the week, which I thought was surprising. That's uh, pretty good. Yeah, which is great. But so Kingdom of Evan says, at its heyday, Alpha Flight was the epitome of plot-driven, twist-a-minute 80s comics. Characters died, were resurrected, joined the team, left the team, changed their costumes, and had their powers and origins retconned at a pace that boggled the imagination. Somehow Jim McCann has boiled down the spirit of those comics into a single issue referencing decades of continuity for those who are into that sort of thing in a story that still moves and that sums it right up i mean like i dropped off on the chaos war stuff like mm-hmm. I, I didn't stick with it um i might read it in trade um but i picked this up because i'm an alpha old alpha fight fan and and you know they're ties to the x-men or whatever and i i was kind of curious because there's i don't think there's one set of characters or one team that is more mired with being screwed with than alpha flight <laughs> and just to see how jim was able to bring them back and make it coalesce and see if it could work and he totally pulled it off that's cool. Um, and I think, sadly, Alpha Flight is probably a book that can't survive the current marketplace. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. But the thing is that where we last left off is that they were dead. Bendis killed them all. Yeah. So, um, so I'll, you know, if this is a way to get them back in, then I'm fine with that. Yeah. I read so. that last mini that they had a while back because I used yeah. to like Alpha Flight too, and I think that was the worst because like half the team was American. Oh, with the Omega Flight one? Yeah. Yeah, that was not a good. Proud Canadian team full of Americans. That was not good. That was not good. Oh, um, Alpha Flight. Yeah. Uh, there, there have been some good moments of Alpha Flight over the years. We should do a video show on Alpha Flight. Oh. <laughs> that week. <laughs> I'm gonna be sick. I enjoyed the books, but not not that much. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> we're here to talk to you about Alpha Flight today. We just look at Ron. <laughs> Pull up magazines. <laughs> I want to do a show like that. Well, we get those emails. Why don't you do a show on this? Because only I like it. Yeah. It's boring. Or not. If that doesn't sound boring to you, well, maybe <laughs> maybe you can help make it a reality. If you like this show, you like our our audio video shows, our different uh, all the things we do at iFanboy, you can help us out because you, we are a viewer, listener supported experience. So, how do you help us out? The easiest way is to click on our banners at iFanboy.com. There's a bunch of them there. Check out the wonderful products that people offer who sponsor our our website, and that would be very helpful. Also, now that it's a holiday time. And I know many of you are doing your holiday shopping. I see it all over Twitter already. Go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon, and you can click on the Powered by Amazon button. It'll take you to Amazon.com. And many of you are doing Amazon shopping. Please do it through there. It really, really helps us out. Every year, you, a lot of you do it. We really appreciate it. But during this holiday time, think of ifanboy.com slash Amazon. And while you're on the website, go to ifanboy.com slash store. That's where you can find T-shirts, the Fear Agent T-shirt. And we're bringing back the intern shirts, the original blue, red, uh, red and white shirts. And finally, the best way to help us out is to become an iFanboy member. You can find the information at iFanboy.com slash store as well. $4 a month or $42 a year gets you a low-level prize pack with a comic book from our collection. Some of you got some fantastic comics in the last batch. low-level is how we want to describe it. It's a low-level and high-level. <laughs> you get a comic from our collection. Perfectly you get bu- fine title. Buttons and stickers and a little note. And then the high-level people get that stuff plus a T-shirt. And we're soon be getting back into stock, the bigger T-shirts. All of you are waiting patiently. Thank you very much for waiting. And that's the best way you can help us out. We really appreciate everybody's member. And members are eligible for giveaways, and we'll be doing those probably starting again in the new year. We did a whole bunch of giveaways all throughout the end of the year and some really good stuff. So thank you very much for everyone who supports us, and we appreciate it. Think of it, think of it like Scientology. <laughs> no, don't. Oh, oh, God. Cruz gets a T-shirt. We just triggered like, something on the Internet. But, <laughs> we like, did. but like that guy on the street at the table, he just gets a comic book. He doesn't get into the celebrity building? 
Anyway, body fates are higher. (laughs) Okay. We get emails. First emails from. We look forward to your emails, by the way. First emails from Callum Smith, who writes, I was wondering if you had any thoughts on why Iceman is such an underdeveloped character in most X Men books these days. Despite being present at every every big X event in recent years, his impact upon the story is embarrassingly limited. I'm excited to see what Bendis does with him in the pages of Ultimate Spider Man and excited for your thoughts, too. I feel like we get this email every couple years. Yeah, we do. That's an ongoing problem. Yeah. Hold on, I'm getting my magazine. <laughs> Here, wait, I'll give you my only thought on Iceman. Yeah. Okay. Who's the do rag? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We Who actually yeah. is a much more developed character than it seems like the regular Iceman is. Well, the the problem is is that when I mean, and don't get me wrong, I'm as big of an Iceman fan as anybody because you know one of the X Men. But the problem is when they developed him in the normal continuity. It was just – they made him an accountant. Didn't they – He's he was like Hal Jordan before they brought him yeah, back. Yes, yeah. In the, in the 80s, in the 80s he, he quit. Like after he left the X-Men, he was on the Defenders uh, and the Champions or one of those two. And then he like went back to Long Island and became an accountant. And it wasn't until X-Factor got started up and they pulled him back into it. It was every time we tried to get – you know. Um, but in X-Factor, they did some development with him. They gave him – you know, like he had, a, he, he had a girlfriend and her name was Opal and all that sort of stuff. But other than like the – he's not using his powers to his fullest and Emma is going to help him unlock him stuff in the early 2000s. There hasn't been a lot of stuff with him at all because I just – he's just kind of one-dimensional. You know, like I think he's a good guy to have on the team and he's got a great power set. But nobody's, do- nobody's told a definitive Iceman story yet. And it's too bad. He's a, he's a, <laughs> well, that's a really funny sentence. I know, and I couldn't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> I like Iceman a lot. I don't. He doesn't. Yeah. Someone needs to. I, they, he's he's ripe for being reborn. Basically. Yeah, I want to say and, I would like Iceman, but I don't. I, I don't know anything about it. Like, come no, on, he's one of Spider-Man's amazing friends. He was. I yeah. Know. I that's mean, he's he's an original. Uh, the problem is also he's, he's, he's an, an original he, member. He's an original member, so he's been around since '63. Um, yeah, but Lu- Luis else in that team has a has a very fairly defined and still current character. Yeah. That's why. That's the whole problem. No one knows why. No yeah. one knows why. Louis Simonson did some good stuff with him, where his powers were out of control. He had to wear the inhibitor belt and all that stuff. Like so, they're like they they've done some good stuff with him. But I I, I now with a straight face, say no one's done the definitive Iceman story. Yet. <laughs> good job with a straight face. Um, the you know what the problem is? I think my layman's knowledge, because I, I, I you know vague memories of these oh. stories. They seems to be every time they try to reinvent Iceman, it's about his powers, yep. not about the yep. character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like let's make the powers goofy or wonky, yeah. or he let's looks. Let's make him have ice spikes. Yeah, yeah exactly. he's all spiky. Just they, they never really say, right, let's make the character strong again. Yeah. It just have him be Iceman. He makes even, ice. Even like last, you know, last show when, when, we, when we were talking about X-Men 5 and saying how it was great, you know, to, you know how he got anointed and became, you know, his holy water Iceman. And that was about his powers. It wasn't, he didn't have any speed. He didn't have any lines in that issue. Yeah. You know? What's his conflict? What's yeah. his issue? Yeah, I, don't exactly. know. I don't even he, know his His story. conflict is he gets really busy in April. <laughs> No one respects what he does. But <laughs> Tom does. Or he has to do everyone the X-Men's taxes. <laughs> if they're constantly asking him for advice. He could be a joke. He'd be a wonderful one-gag joke that just keeps coming back over and over you again. You just see him in the back of the stacks of papers. That's a great like, idea. Like, like, like the battle sort of clears out, and then like he's just standing there, and then like there's a sort of a blank panel, and then Captain America goes, Hey, can I ask you a question? <laughs> Because <laughs> like, everyone has those questions, as people yeah. accountants know. Yeah. Or or Rod, they put him into a face situation where he's the guy in charge yeah. of the money for the X Men. Which, by the way, I saw another episode of the A Team, and it was one, another one of those ones where Hannibal goes, "So face, how do we make out?" And he goes through their medical deductions, and yeah. also like, how do they have medical plans? They're they're an underground team. Oh man, 
The 80s was a much better time for health insurance. Yeah, true. <laughs> so if they put the X-Men to that scenario where he's in charge of the, the, yeah. the, you know, the benefits and things, that might be interesting. Yeah, make, make him like the business guy. Like, but we got Warren as the business guy. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's, stuff that, could, there's stuff that could be done with him. There was a lot of con- – a lot of his character was wrapped around his his family not accepting him and his powers and is he a mutant and stuff like, you know, like that. They did that stuff with the election stuff with Grading Creed. I forgot about that in the late 90s. That was a big part of it too was the, you know, mutant rights and his family accepting who he is and all that sort of shit. Yeah, anyway. John in Saskatchewan says, I've finally bitten the bullet and undertaken the rather daunting task of organizing my comic book collection, which consists of about six long boxes of comics that I've been buying on and off for the last ten years. I was wondering if you guys had advice on how to organize a collection, title, company, year, and furthermore, how to keep it organized as I keep buying comics. Thanks, John in Saskatchewan. P.S. If you have problems saying Saskatchewan properly, please feel free to just say Canada, uh, to which I say suck it, John. <laughs> so we this do is unrelated, but kind of my ex- my Ultimate Spider-Man books just came apart completely. Really, just, just fell apart. <laughs> just the top stable just popped out, and <laughs> well, it's fragile. I wish, I wish before he heard he said that we had heard. Yeah. <laughs> so this is another question that we get over the years that we've gotten before in the past, and it's the collector's lament. I'm a firm believer in organizing by title. And then within that title, chronologically, so issue one through whatever. But the problem with that is that the long boxes fill up, and as you add more comics, you need to constantly be shifting into, you yeah. know, shifting them along. I know people who organize by title. I know people who organize by, well, currently right now, the majority of my long boxes are chronological in that the order that I bought them in. <laughs> but yeah, that's, um, that's what all my. I, I give yeah. each title its own long box. Really? Yeah. Really? Which sucks when only one or two issues come out. I was going to say, yeah. Or, what about the Thor the Mighty Avenger long box? It's, it's, it's light. I can lift it, no problem. <laughs> Listen, my system has issues. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm not saying it's perfect. No one's claiming it's the perfect system, yeah. Ron. I mean, the thing is, I don't think there is a perfect... I mean, like, you're, if you're constantly adding to the collection, you're always going to be shifting and moving around, and you got to be prepared for that. It's like a yearly thing you do. Yeah, or hypothetically. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yearly thing back when you, you know have time. You, for, you know my system? I have developed a system. Okay. Into the trash. No one else is going to do this. Not you guys. I know that. Every once in a while now, I go through my comics and I get rid of all the crap that I bought over the last year or two that I'm never, ever going to look at again. And I get rid of it. I keep runs of the stuff that I liked. Yep. So I have like a box that has my run of Why the Last Man and Lucifer and Ultimate Spider-Man and Queen and Country and Ex Machina, like the stories I really liked. And then all that other stuff, like I'm, I, like I had a fine time reading 52. I'm never going to pull those out and read them again, ever. Yep. I know it. So those go away. Yep. I don't have a problem with that. Why do you think I get? Yeah, I don't. That? I mean, that works for you. That's fine. I mean, that's. If no, I mean, you, if, I would do that. I would totally do that if I had yeah. more time to actually go through my books and do that. Yeah, I wouldn't just because it's a collection and that's how I see it, and it's just going to put put my kids through college. So. <laughs> <laughs> Clown college. No, no, no. <laughs> not even that. No. Oh, I'm telling you, when I die, there's going to be a comic book villains esque fight over my collection for the Richards collection. We're going to burn. We're going to burn it in a blue like Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, we're going to put you in comic boxes and burn them <laughs> on a pyre. Make a pyre of my comics. <laughs> we're totally awesome. doing that, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should totally do that. Yeah. The good thing is, he'll probably die first. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. All right. So if you have any questions, you can email us at contact@ifanboy.com, and we also get voicemails from you, which is awesome. And it's been a while, so we wanted to go through a bunch of voicemails. So our first one's got a question about some of our favorite creators right now. Hey guys, great show. Love it. So with Abnet and Lanning stepping into IDW to do a giant Ghostbusters, Transformers, uh, et cetera, et cetera, crossover, just wondering if there's any chance of you guys covering uh, that event and, uh, you know, because it's pretty cool. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. I like them a lot. I don't know if they've crossed over until I read everything they do yet. 
Uh, like I don't know if I'm going to read Heroes for Hire, much less the, this you know Ghostbusters Transformers I, thing. I mean, I, I mean, you know, if you think about it, Mike Costa, the dude who does G.I. Joe Cobra, yep. he does Transformers too, and I, I, I don't, I can't, I can't, I don't. You can't talk on big robots that talk. Like Transformers and Ghostbusters is like, yeah, I, I really did like that stuff a long time ago, and Ghostbusters is a wonderful movie yeah. and a half, but. I don't want. I don't know. That's got to be rough to write those characters. I mean, I could see GI Joe and, and Transformers. At least there's some. It's not real, but like, but, it, but it, will I ever come read the dialogue? Because you, <laughs> that, that would be awesome. <laughs> and you can't reinvent the Ghostbusters. Right. Exactly. They are who they are. Well, they, yeah. They did in the cartoon. And they the, did. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. But that yeah. sucked. Yeah. Well, when I was ten, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I don't. Th- I, I don't I, know if Abnet Landing are for me in the I'll read everything they do phase yet. Let's put that into a maybe category. Okay, I would love to read something that they did that was like original. I would yeah. read the shit out of that. Yeah, but so, we'll see. Anyway, he had a follow-up call. And can I tell you how how uh, unfortunate it is when you dial the wrong number trying to reach you guys? Uh, I guess I now get uh, gay text messages um, from the other number, um, or at least more gay text messages. Anyway, thanks a lot. Have a good one. If there was ever the importance of the one eight eight eight, now is the time to remember. One eight hundred fanboys gets you a different thing. A different kind of fanboys. They're happy though. You get text messages. That's weird. I don't. I don't I know that, that. Can you do that? Does it work like that? No. Yeah. What's hmm. a gay text message? <laughs> is, it, is it? Is it jaunty? It's so, happy. Has it been sent to you from Chelsea? <laughs> oh, it, that's not good. Uh, <laughs> Oh, but anyway, yeah, so make sure you dial 188-Fanboys. Not that there's anything wrong with that other line. If that's your thing, that's totally all. cool. Yeah, it's just totally, not us. Also, it's just not us, yeah. when you call in, tell us your name. Yes, yes, that's a good point, too, yes. Um, our next caller, Chris, Chris called in with a request for some coverage. Hey, yo, guys, this is Chris. Um, I was just asking, I don't think you guys did a podcast on Countdown. I know you did one on 52, and you did one on Final Crisis. But uh, I'm looking at your website right now, and I don't, I can't find anyone that uh, you did on Countdown, and I'm kind of confused about everything that happened. I have the entire series, but it's just, it's a lot of comics to read all at once. So if you could, could you make like a little podcast saying like everything that happened? Thank you. Bye. That was the saddest voicemail I've ever heard. <laughs> Listen, we. I didn't read. Did you? Did, did anybody, I? You I dropped it. I, I dropped it like maybe in the twenties. I think. Yeah, I dropped I, it before that. I read the whole thing, but really, can you I mean, make sense of it? I don't like to often say this, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Only because it would mean having to reread them. Yeah, Chris. My advice is the next time you have to buy a fifty-two issue series and you don't know what's going on and you're not enjoying it, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just stop. Now, even if we did a show, I don't know if we could make any sense of it for you. I mean, we're not – I... other than just recapping what happens, it's like uh, – Even then, yeah. from, a, from a programming standpoint, I got it. No one wants that. <laughs> There's no the... one – DC doesn't want it. <laughs> Paul Dini doesn't want it. Just, we're just going to let that one go. That was oh, unfortunate. We, yeah, that you should fun. put them in a little box that floats. <laughs> and in set the that Japanese box on fire. tradition, set that box on fire and did, send it to sea. Yeah, I think that's. I was gonna say maybe you could donate to a library or to a hospital, no. but I don't. But I don't want. I don't want to ruin those people's experience either. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? Who? Why, Jason? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> you just see some, so 
some convalescent cancer survivor trying to make sense of that. That could push him over the edge. I don't know what happened. Everybody in the cancer ward dropped dead. Because <laughs> of countdown. Oh, that's really harsh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing about that book was it was written as a lead into Final Crisis, and it didn't match up with Final Crisis yeah. because Morrison had written it years before, and for whatever reason, it didn't. They just, they just got wayward. It was way, it was a wayward sun book. It was. <laughs> it's best to forget it happened. Yeah, just move on. Speaking of moving on, our last voicemail has got a question that I can't believe I've never heard before. Hey there, guys. This is uh, Jeff R. from Dayton, Ohio. And I was curious um, if you thought there, now with the uh, upcoming Harry Potter last series of movies coming out, if you thought there'd ever be a Harry Potter comic or graphic novel, or if you thought that would actually ever happen. I know that uh, I'm sure J.K. Rowling would have to... Uh, okay that before it happened, but with the Twilight graphic novel and uh, with that revenue stream drying up for her, do you know, with the movies ending, do you think that uh, she'll do uh, go that route? And if so, who do you think would be good as a adapter and uh, uh, author and illustrator on that? Uh, just want to hear your thoughts. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, talk to you later. I don't know. That might be the saddest email I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's voicemail. <laughs> no, I, um, I, I don't know. I think that train may have sailed. By the way, Peter David, here's your answer. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where, like, I, I you, it may, it would make perfect sense. I, I can't they imagine. Done it. I think, I think part of it probably is is the stranglehold that J.K. Rowling has on that whole empire. And yeah, everything goes yeah, to her. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah. rolling, guys. Yeah, and like, and while while the um, you know, while the Twilight graphic novels have been great despite the lettering, I mean, have, <laughs> have sold great despite the lettering. It's not really like everyone's like, man, did you see those comics? You know, so. I don't well, think. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised happen. either. But yeah. there are so many more avenues they can exploit Harry Potter that would make way more money than comics would. That they probably focus their their, their yeah. things on yes. other things. Yeah, like Here's making a theme park. Though. Diane Nelson, who's in charge of DC yep. Comics, got to be where she was because of her success in licensing the the Harry Potter movies for Warner Brothers. And so, if anybody was going to do it, it would be her yep. for DC Comics. And I don't see it. However, and this will never happen, I want that to be clear, if you were going to do a continuing adventures of Hogwarts, blah, 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 comics would be a perfect medium to do them in. Yes. Yep, good point. Um, but that will never happen. Or animation. Yeah, because she, she controls it, plus she's already talking about maybe doing more books because... Because mon- she likes money? Because <laughs> her money bin is not big enough. Well, uh. Apparently, her castle uh, needs repair. No, I don't <laughs> because know. one more book and she can buy England. <laughs> she can say really mean things about the queen. She's no, but she's already hinting that she might want to do more books. So I think it's kind of the the Lucas thing where for a long time you couldn't do any continuing Star Wars stories because he had all these other ideas and didn't want them infringed on. So I don't. Yeah. There's so many minefield issues in this with that kind of thing. But either way, Peter David. <laughs> I think you're spot on, you're spot on with that one, definitely. So, yeah, all right. So if you have any questions, you can call us at one eight eight eight. Fanboys, that's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. The eight 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 is important. Don't forget that. Yeah. Don't uh, Google Harry Potter comics because you see that there are comics that exist and by other people and they're not good. Are there really? Uh, yeah, there are. There's, people have done all little comics like they people. No, well, no. I mean, it's good. I mean, good for them. I mean, people have definitely taken. If you want Harry Potter comics, they're not adaptations of the story, but they're actually people making comics of the characters. Maybe oh. you could Google. Alt Dumbledore comics. Yeah, oh, oh. yeah, or 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 uh, just type slash. slash. Yeah, slash slash comics. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Slash easily. 
Anyway, so uh, <laughs> we hope we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the iFanboy podcast. We have another podcast called iFanboy Don't Miss, where we talk to a creator about a book that's coming out this coming week. We do not have a Don't Miss this week because of Thanksgiving and with the holiday and everything like that. We, so we took a week off, but we'll be back next week with an exciting book that you definitely don't want to miss. So go subscribe to that on iTunes and make sure you don't miss out there. You should Google Kirk Weasley slash Fic. Okay. Oh, no. Uh, Captain Kirk Ron Weasley slash Fic. It's, uh... <laughs> How do you spell Weasley? <laughs> I don't know. Can I we do really this off do show? I didn't really do that. <laughs> I don't want to know what lies on the other side. No, of there, there is. There, nobody's done that yet. But it was too late. But I if I do it. Harry Potter slash fiction, oh, oh, <laughs> did you do an image search? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 oh! No, I found a Star Trek one. I found a, <laughs> someone did Spock and Kirk in the bath together. All right. All right. Gosh. <laughs> Take us home. I'm shell shocked. <laughs> is our website. You should go there and check out Ron's Pick of the Week review. There are, there are other reviews that go up. I wrote a review about Detective Comics A71, for example. And then uh, there's lots of good discussion that goes up. We're uh, heading into our year end sort of time at the website, so there should be lots of really fun stuff. It's good stuff all the time. That corporate thing that Jason Wood did at the end of the week was, was uh, middle of the week, was really cool. I like that a lot. For example, you can go there. You can comment on this podcast and see all the other stuff, all the writers. There's the other podcast. There's Word Balloon podcast. For example, we talked to Scott Snyder about Detective and American Vampire uh, last month or something like that. So all sorts of really good stuff. Go to ifanboy.com and go to ifanboy.com slash about. You can see who, who we are and the social networking links therein and other ways that you can contact and interact with us should you so want to. And there's a video show. Last week we talked about The Walking Dead. You may have heard of it. Maybe. Next week, holiday shopping guide. We did it early enough this year that it will actually be beneficial to you. Yes. Um, so to help you with your shopping. Yep. Yeah. Some here's so some books that, that are good that you could buy for yourself or others. Probably others, but well, let's be honest. Ron, are you seeing the Photoshop Draco spooning Harry Potter picture? Yes, I am. But if okay. you if you scroll down a little more on page three, actually, you could see uh, the Photoshop shirtless Harry Potter oh. in an embrace with Slash from Guns N' Roses. <laughs> <laughs> now that's some that's slash, slash fic I want to read. <laughs> that's slash, slash, slash fiction. Yeah, yeah. Slash slash. <laughs> he, wow. he has the hat on. Yes, he has the hat on. Yep, and he's holding him. There's a guitar. This is. <laughs> this is a place I did not want to go. I know. Did you see the? I'm did you see the, the airbrushed? Screen. Did you see the airbrushed uh, Frodo Samwise Gamgee uh, one? Do you see that one? Okay. There's a lot. There's a lot of Draco Harry in here. A lot of Draco oh, Harry. There's, yeah. there's Harry Snape. Yeah. Wow. Why am I looking? This, at this? is awkward. You, email us at contact at ifanboy.com. Close. Uh, line eight 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 fanboys three two six two six nine seven. With any questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics, etc. Tell us your name, where you're from, and remember to call 888-FANBOYS and not 800-FANBOYS. Uh, if yes. you like the show, I don't use this one as an example. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how this happened. Uh, how did we get there? Uh, write a review on iTunes. Jeff's fault. Or the uh, other shows, the video show, the Don't Miss podcast, a, a Taste of Comics. There's, there's one of those recently. And those are how people find them, and, and they all can use your thoughts, and that's how people find the show. So uh, go there, uh, rate them, tell the people about them, send, send out links. Tweet, uh, you are our marketing machine, and we need you, and we appreciate all that you do for us. So uh, thank you. Yes, and uh, hope everybody, hope everybody in the in the states had a nice Thanksgiving this past weekend. Nice long weekend. I know I read a lot of comics while relaxing. Yes, and I now did, and now I'm going to read a lot of slash fic. So I got my my, my night set. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> all right. Until next week, I'm Ron. Do me a favor. Do not call me or email me tonight. <laughs> yeah. If you can. I'm Connor. 
I'm a little bit disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it got weird. It's hard.